Hi, everyone. Today, we have a badass on the show. She's been featured in Forbes. She's a copywriter and entrepreneur. She's co-host of the Flight Club Mastermind, and she's the founder of The Copy Posse, which is a copywriting school and agency. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, just a little background. Alex and I know each other from our party days. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. When we, <laughs> I joked, days. like when we were fun and single. <laughs> yes, I met you at, uh, it used to be called Awesomeness Fest. Now yeah. it's called A-Fest. Yeah. And we were single back then. And we went through a whole journey. Of, <laughs> I'm just thinking in my mind. Did about we the, like both meet someone and fall in love at that event? <laughs> I. It's hard to not fall in love at that event. I was trying to describe it to someone recently. Actually, we should talk about this because a lot of people, they ask like, oh, what have you done for personal growth and things right. like that? And one of them is I say I go to things like like A-Fest really opened me up to a lot. And you used to produce the event. Yeah. So at that particular event. So that was 11 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about. Uh, yeah, I was the event director at that event. So I, yeah, organized organized it during my time working at Mindvalley. It was actually sort of the last project I did uh, while working at Mindvalley. And then it was at the end of that event, literally the last day of that event was my last day working at Mindvalley. Oh, my God. Which was kind of crazy. And what an incredible event. I'm still friends with so many people that I met at that at that event in Maui. Yes, it attracts amazing people. And they describe it as... TED Talks meets Burning Man. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's accurate? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. TED Talks meets Burning Man. Yeah. Maybe a little bit like Cirque du Soleil thrown <laughs> in. You know, it's 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 one of a kind for sure. What kind of people do you think it attracts? I think it attracts entre- like entrepreneurial types, people who are who are leaders seeking answers, seeking ways to connect, to contribute think you know those growth junkies who are who are wanting more like just absorb all of the knowledge when it comes to every different topic you know and I think that's what's cool about it is even though it's not traditionally a business event I feel like it attracts a lot of that entrepreneurial spirit type person because of that constant quest for knowledge and seeking answers and why do you think it's easy to fall in love or meet someone there because I, I describe it as like everyone's walking around like starry eyed. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's like man, woman. You just are connecting with people yeah. left and right. I think I think it's a lot of different reasons. I think it's it's why. I mean, how many people have fallen in love while on vacation? You know, because you're like vacation version of yourself. Which I don't know about you, but vacation Alex is really fun <laughs> and carefree and has like a sun, you know, tan glow and is just feeling herself. <laughs> so it's a mix of being like vacation. You meets being surrounded with like minded people. And you think so many people in their everyday lives are going through the motions. They're at their jobs. They're working with um, with their teams and they're they're going through the day to day and then all of a sudden they end up at an event, usually in some gorgeous location that's probably a bucket list location. So already that's exciting, surrounded by other people who are just like them. And it just is like this, oh my gosh, like there is a community out there of people who are like me. And I think it just really creates fast connection. Yes. And then, you know, love. 
can happen after that. Yes, let's talk about that because I remember that. Yeah. I remember who you met there. Mm-hmm. Are we allowed to talk about that? We're allowed to talk Sammy. about Sammy. Yeah, Sammy, we can talk <laughs> we about that. Hi, Sammy. <laughs> but I remember, and I remember that moment where you guys kissed. <laughs> I, I do remember that. I think that was. I remember that the moment, first moment too. we got together. Oh yeah, on the dance floor. Oh that yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. I like yes. Now that you mentioned it, I'm like, oh my god, that actually happened. Yes. So. Um, I remember meeting him and, and I think part of it too, like the things I mentioned earlier about being on vacation and, and then being around a community, but also this was my very last, uh, role at a nine to five job. I was quitting my job literally at the end of this event to start my own business. And so I think it was like a little bit of that uncertainty and that, that, I don't know about you, but I can think back to times I've made certain relationship decisions where I look back at everything else that was going on in my life at the time and I'm like, of course, of course I was like, "Mm, like, this is what I need. I needed to create certainty in my life somehow. And he was this, you know, vivacious, fun, full of energy, made me laugh, um, kind of a little bit scary because he was so spontaneous and unpredictable and, um, and we just had this instant connection. And then, yeah, that moment on the dance floor, I don't know what came over me, but he was like singing he's a dj he's a dj and a <laughs> yeah and a musician and an amazing one at that and he was singing and i remember i don't know what came over me but he was singing and that he i remember we all got like we were all like down on the floor do you remember that we're singing and then i don't i just remember kissing him in front of everyone <laughs> who does that it was like a movie moment yeah. it was a movie moment in my mind like that was it like I had never fallen in love with someone that quickly. I was head over heels instantly with him. And how old were you at this time? I would have been 26. 26. Okay. And did he work for Mind Valley too? No, he didn't. Okay. No. um, It was sort of a weird series of events that got him to be the DJ at that event. We were, as the event director, I was looking for a musician, a DJ, someone to bring in. One of our speakers had mentioned that, oh, I know someone, he's a great DJ, uh, he can come with me. And it, literally, that's how scrappy the event was. Like, there was no, um, like, it, everything just sort of came together in the way it needed to. It's like, you know a DJ? Great, bring him along. You know, like, that's how it happened. It, it wasn't overly planned. But the funny thing about that story is he, everyone kept saying to him, you need to go find Alex. And he was looking for a man named Alex and everyone kept telling me you need to find the DJ Sammy and in my mind I thought it was a girl so when we met we were like you're oh and so it was quite I remember funny when we first met being like oh my gosh and then that instant connection um but yeah it was a fun time okay and how long did you date for uh it wasn't that long we I guess started dating in November and we broke up in May Okay. <laughs> six months uh and we didn't even live in the same city i lived in vancouver he lived in denver which was obviously tricky especially not not long distance is already tricky being in separate countries was another thing yeah. um yeah six months lifetime of lessons <laughs> yeah because because i remember when we skyped after you had broken up because i had also been dumped by someone i don't even remember who i was dating by them i just remember <laughs> i remember being devastated we were both devastated on it, it was Skype back then, yeah, with yeah. The Zoom. Skype, totally. Skype. You were in a cafe, and I just remember just like, what? What happened? Is going on? Yeah. So what happened there? You know, I think it was really intense, really fast, 
and it was like trying to put it was like trying to put oil and vinegar together i think in so many ways we were a lot alike and in so many ways we were so different and i think at so it obviously became really clear to him that it wasn't going to work and he's the one that ended it i was devastated because in my mind like he was it and i had an irrational like I would say irrational love for him. Like it wasn't looking back, I can go, oh wow, that really was not healthy. But at the time, he was the one thing I was certain of while I was starting my business, after quitting my job, after moving to a new city. Uh, and it was just, I had latched on so tightly to that relationship and was so blinded by the fact that, oh my gosh, this is what's what I need. This is what's right for me, that I couldn't see the forest through the trees, as they say. And he ended up ending it in May. And oh my gosh, I mean, the heartbreak, it was it was for sure the most pain I've ever felt in terms of going through a breakup. And I look back now and I'm like, what a gift it was because I learned so much about myself in that moment and also was so grateful that as hard as it was for him to end it at the time, he was able to see something that I wasn't. And I think he had probably a lot of wisdom in that moment, even though it was incredibly painful. And it's funny now because I'll run into him from time to time. And, and we, you know, we were able to share this, like, remember that one, remember that one time <laughs> like we dated for six months? And, um, but there's so much like mutual uh, love and respect for each other now. And I look back and I'm like, what a gift that was because it, it really, it taught me a lot about who I was in relationships and what I needed. And, a lot, just like every relationship does, you know? Okay. So up until that point, did you have, did you tend to have dating patterns up until that point that you mm -hmm. would choose a similar type of a guy and was Sammy that type of guy? Yes. Yeah. He was definitely a pattern for me. I think it was just like heightened because of my, because of everything else that was going on in my life at the time. But my pattern was, I, I would swing back and forth between being emotionally unavailable and then dating emotionally unavailable men and if you look at it really both both are defense mechanisms or protection mechanisms or whatever you want to call it to not get hurt so it would either go one of two ways i would meet someone they would you know fall for me or really openly express their feelings for me uh be incredibly vulnerable and pursue me and i would go mm. No, I'm not ready. I don't want to label it. I am not ready for that. I'd want to stay in that like, why do we need to label it? Let's just have fun, you know? And of course, that was me just sort of not wanting to get too close. And then then it would swing the other way where I would meet men who were emotionally unavailable. And to me, they were so exciting and attractive. And, you know, I'd pursue it and be more of that like, going from avoidant to anxious, you know, in, in, in the relationship and would always end up, yeah, being in that middle space where even if, even if I would pursue emotionally unavailable men, we would date, but it was never, I kind of always knew it wasn't going to go anywhere, which was, ha I was happy in that place. I was happy in that, oh, great. I don't, I know this isn't going to be forever and I'm happy that, you know, we get to hang out, but I, I know it's not going to go anywhere. And I was always sort of having this like backdoor out of relationships, whether it was me or knowing that they couldn't commit, it was just this back and forth pendulum of emotional unavailability. Okay. And then did getting your heart crushed, did that change how you dated? No, I think it made it worse for a while. Oh yeah. It totally yeah. makes it worse. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's it. I'm like, I, I, I let my, cause I think with, with that particular relationship, he, 
at the time, I think was emotionally unavailable for me and the, and the relationship, which, of course, made it really it made it really a, a attractive to me. And I wanted it. And I really let my guard down for the first time. I was like, no, 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 I'm ready for this. I'm ready to commit. And the more I felt him pulling away, the more I wanted it. You know how it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think when I was hurt at that point, I think I really pulled back and was very hesitant to get into relationships and would pursue sort of short-term relationships that I knew wouldn't go anywhere or the relationship I had after him. Um, I knew he wasn't going to be able to meet me where, where I was in my previous relationship and I was okay with that because it felt safe. Like, oh, you'll never really be fully emotionally available and I'm okay with that because right now my heart's so tender I'm just fine kind of being in this placeholder relationship which sounds terrible to say but it, it felt like a safe place to be at the time after being so heartbroken yeah and that's okay I mm -hmm. think that's okay if that's where you are I think yeah. a relationship doesn't always or dating doesn't always have to have the end result like right. it's supposed to be long term I think as long as it's communicated to the other person right. and if both parties are okay with that mm-hmm that's okay. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about healing after yeah. that? Did you do anything specific to heal? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I've i always been fascinated by relationships. And, you know, I'd read all the books and I'd go to the seminars and I'd go to the workshops. And, you know, I think on the surface, looking back, and again, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I mean, even looking back at that relationship that I had after Sammy and realizing, wow, I was really not in a good place, even though at the time I thought I was totally balanced and like everything was great. Looking back is when I can be like, no, wow, of course not. Of course I wasn't if, if that was what I was creating in, in relationship. And um, I think a lot of it was just sort of self-reflection, to be honest. I think taking a lot of time to sit with myself and ask myself why I'm making certain decisions in relationships and why am I not like leaning into intimacy and why am I avoidant of having these conversations and you know I think it's there's this funny thing that I think often comes up in relationships where we're like no I need to work on myself first before I'm with someone so that I can bring my full, complete self into this relationship. But the reality is you can work on yourself all day long and think you're totally fine. And then you're in a relationship and it's just like a mirror goes yeah. right up in front of you. And you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been able to see that if I hadn't been in a relationship. And so it's this, you know, ongoing sort of lesson of calling yourself out a little bit and and reflecting on decisions and and investigating yourself in a way, you know? So I think it was a lot of that. Okay. And then, well, now you're, you have a fiance now. Mm -hmm. Jackson. Yes. <laughs> Jackson, yes, I do. you're so sweet. Okay. So in between that, that heartbreak and dating, what were some of the biggest struggles with you? Or with yeah. you, or just with, <laughs> with dating? <laughs> well, because I know we had discussed men being intimidated by right. you. Like you're so smart, you're beautiful, you're confident. And you had said a lot of men are intimidated by mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I think I think I was having a hard time really. And th again, right, this is the ironic thing about it is I think I wasn't in full acceptance of 
who I was and my power and I maybe wasn't fully owning it. So in turn, I was attracting men who weren't fully respecting it and, or they were intimidated by it, you know? And at the time I remember being like, uh, you know, men that will, they're intimidated and, and yes, there have been events that where that has come up and it's not that I was completely making it up in my head. And I had heard men say that to me a lot, you know, I'd be out at a networking event and, you know, of course the conversation always comes up like, how are you single? You know, mm -hmm. uh, and I would have so many people say to me, well, you're intimidating. I get it. And so I kind of started really thinking that way and, and also doubting that I would ever find someone who wasn't intimidated. But then I realized a lot of it had to be had to do with my own acceptance of where I was. And it's just, again, so funny how we end up attracting attracting people who are mirroring exactly our own fears and doubts and um, so I would downplay it a lot. I would downplay my success. I would downplay money conversations. I would downplay a lot so that I would be perceived in my mind as more attractive or, or more approachable or less intimidating. And then what would happen is the exact same pattern would continue playing out in relationships where I'd be like, I don't get it. And it's because if you're not fully, you know, stepping into who you're meant to be, how can you how can you meet your true partner who's going to be able to hold space for that? And so yeah, it was a lot of a lot of me kind of playing small and being afraid that if I really did step into that confidence level in my business life because what's interesting is personally everyone knew me to be a certain type of way and in business I was really hiding. And it's it's because of that I think I had this almost bought into that myth of like, you can have a healthy relationship or you can have a successful business. You can't have both. Yeah. Again, not consciously, but I think there was a little bit of that going on where I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just either play small in this area or I'll play small in this area. And it was just sort of this teeter-tottering effect of, you know, either prioritizing my relationships and thinking I had to play small or going full force into my business and just not even creating the space in my life for a relationship yes so if anyone is doubting whether you can have both you can have both yes <laughs> and i love the point that you made of accepting who you are that is such a huge part of it because i mean i what you're saying is exactly how i felt too as soon as i embraced you know what i like this version of me that is entrepreneurial mm -hmm. and that you know like travels and and mm -hmm. does all that and as soon as I got into that headspace dating became way easier and I started to attract way better and I attracted my husband who is he loves me for it not only accepting right because at some point I'm like can I meet someone who just accepts that not accepts that he loves that about right. me and so with Jackson well, I haven't met him, but he seems like he's very similar to P in some ways. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about Jackson? What yeah. are your favorite things about him? Uh, yeah. Ja so Jackson is my fiance, which is so weird to say that. Um, it's not not weird anymore, but I always want to introduce him as my boyfriend. And then I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> he's my fiance. <laughs> um, he it's so interesting. I met him literally five days after I had ended it with my previous relationship uh, and my, my relationship before like we had broken up and then we were apart for a while and then we were kind of maybe trying to make it work again 
And then it was five days after kind of deciding, no, 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 we're really ready to move on. This isn't working that I went to uh, a workshop on relationships. Funny enough. Okay. Who was hosting the workshop? Um, Connor Beaton. Okay, Mad Talks. Yeah. And I was going because our mutual friend Mark Groves was speaking and a couple other friends. So I go and I immediately saw him. I knew who he was. He was talking to Mark. Um, so Mark actually, he would love this. Mark, you're going to love this. You're the one that introduced Jackson and I. Uh, I saw him and Mark talking and I knew who Jackson was because he he was circling around in my awareness for a while. We had never met in person, uh, but we had mutual friends. And he was very intriguing to me because he's very quiet, very kind of stoic uh, and gentle and just very the opposite of me. <laughs> and he was intriguing to me. And I saw him talking to Mark. And I walk up to say hi to Mark. And Mark goes, do you know Jackson? And I go, no. You know, you do. The and of course, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I know exactly who you are. Uh, I've seen all your Instagram photos. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because, of course, you know, after we started dating, he had also said the same to me. Like He knew exactly who I was, but he didn't think I had lived in Vancouver because I was traveling so much. You know, all of my photos were from wherever. And so we met at that event and I was definitely in my resistance of like avoid major avoidance uh, around relationships. You know, I I think when he asked for my number, I was like, OK, I gave it to him, which I love, by the way, because he to me, this was so hot. Like he came up to me after the event and he was like, I'd like to take you out. Can I have your number? And there was something so certain about it because, yeah. again, I don't know. If it's a Vancouver thing or a West Coast thing or whatever, you can put all these different labels on it. But I'd been asked out so many times in the past where I still wasn't sure on the date if it was an actual date. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. they're like, hey, I was wondering if we could grab a coffee because I'd love to pick your brain about blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm like, so is this a business thing or is this a date? I'm very confused about this. Yeah. So when he asked me out and was so certain, it was like I could just feel my whole body kind of like relaxing around him because he just knew what he wanted and wasn't being weird about it and said it in as few words as possible and just like <laughs> got it done. But then even then after I gave him my number, I was so avoided. I think I was like, oh, I'm going to California. So like maybe when we get back, we'll go to like I was just playing the game like I did. Like I didn't want to get too close. Um, but there was something about him that just really always drew me in. And it was just his you asked me what I love about him. This is a long way of answering that question. He was just he's always been so patient, but certain. And there was something really like safe feeling about that, you know, just um, he's incredibly patient. He's incredibly generous, uh, but he also sort of knows. He knows what he wants. He has boundaries. And to me, that was really, really attractive. But again, it took probably a good year for me and him to find our groove where it's like, are we both in or, or not? Because we were going, just like in all of my previous relationships, in the beginning, he was pursuing me and I was like, no, no, no. And then he told me he loved me and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I didn't say it back. And it was on his 40th birthday. So I thought, maybe he's not going to remember because he had a few cocktails. <laughs> the next morning, he's like, do you remember what I said to you last night? <laughs> and I'm like, like yes and <laughs> like i mean he knew he's like so we're talking about this and i every bone in my body was like oh my do, 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 do. like how can i get out of this and i was trapped in the car so i couldn't and i just was really honest with him and i said i'm just not there yet 
And I know that that would have hurt him in, in the moment because I think his patterns were, you know, afraid of being left, afraid of being abandoned. And, and that probably brought up a lot of stuff. And, and then I kind of pulled, I, or sorry, he kind of pulled away after that, which of course made me lean in more like, wait, where are you going? <laughs> um, and we had this like really intense conversation about a year after we started dating because the first year I really feel like it was us just really putting a mirror up for each other and, and trigger triggering each other's shit you know like he was attached and I was anxious and then I was anxious and he you know and it was just um it was an interesting year and then we went to Europe I guess it was the following May so we had been dating for about a year and and he said something to me that was so painful to hear in the moment but he said I don't think I love you as much as I thought I did and I, I remember we were in Venice like in this gorgeous place and I was like wait what and as as much as that hurt to hear I think it was the first time that we were both able to have a really honest conversation about our relationship and you know I and I even kind of believe that when he had initially told me he loved me that I don't actually think he did I think I think he thought he did and I think he thought he did and having that kind of reckoning and that conversation was almost what we needed to hit the reset button and go okay it's cool do we both want this or not and we had to sort of make the decision and and for me it was deciding and I actually had a good friend say to me like you're waffling so much on what you what you want but all you have to do is choose like are you in or you're are you out and no one had ever said it to me in that way. Like, why am I so afraid of deciding? And then you realize there's so much freedom in just deciding because nothing is permanent. So, okay, if I decide I'm all in and then six months later it doesn't work out, I can decide to be all out. Like, why was I so afraid to just choose? And I had spent so my whole life living in that in-between place, not being fully at attached, always having one foot out, always giving myself, like, the back door in case things go wrong. And deciding was one of, like, once I did it, I was like, oh, my gosh, why did it take me so long? And then everything after that, it was like, finally, things started falling into place. And why were you afraid to choose? Yeah, I think I think there was a lot. Of, I think there was a lot. I think I was afraid of choosing and getting hurt. I think, you know, you're afraid of you choosing. And then all of a sudden they're going to be like, yeah, you know what? I, I'm choosing different. Like, I'm choosing not you. And I also think, too, a big part of it, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I think I'd spent so much time building up in my head the type of person I thought I was going to be with. Like, I would fantasize about being like a power couple and like, what does that even mean? You know, like, like I envisioned being with someone who was just like me. Yeah. You know, like someone who was like in the same business as me, doing the same things, jet setting, um, you know hopping on airplanes, going here, going there. And then I thought, yeah, I'm going to be in this power couple. And he was not, he did not fit that mold, even though now I look back and I'm like, no, I think this is the true definition of power couple, but he didn't fit the mold. And I think, I think that was a hard thing for me to, to reconcile. It's like, why was I so keen on having a relationship look a certain way? And you realize it was all just like made up. Oh, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Like we think the exact same way. Yeah. I think, um, Going back to AFES, I think it attracts a lot of dreamers too, right? Totally. Like it's be this thing. And 
Have you tried dating the entrepreneurial guy, like someone who was very similar to you? Yes. How did that go? It didn't. It did not work out. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that, hey. And and that, but that's exactly it. Like, and that is part of it. And I, I don't. I forget who said this. I feel like I heard it in a Tim Ferriss podcast episode, where it's sort of like the curse of the traveler, of the entrepreneur, of the you know those people who are always like out there seeking more, seeking answers. And we come across so many different types of people. And in our minds, it's like, I literally was like, oh, I, I'm going to end up with, you know, some tech uh, billionaire yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who's going to have a yacht. We're going to go yachting on the Mediterranean. And that seems so like, yeah, that's totally me. And that's what we're going to end up with. And, <laughs> and it's just so funny how we build it up. And, and it's this Tim Ferriss podcast talked about how you almost have the curse of the more you experience, the more you compare and who you end up with or the type of life you have. And and it's, yeah, it's like the shiny object syndrome of relationships, you know? Totally. Yeah, those um, entrepreneurial tech billionaire guys, like it always sounds really appealing, right? Totally. I think especially when you're younger, like, oh, that's awesome. Totally. But you really have to understand what comes with that too. Mm -hmm. It's, they tend to be, like pretty difficult like very opinionated they have the resources to live the life that they want mm -hmm. and so if you have a personality that can complement that well they're usually looking for someone pretty supportive and you know if you're a person that is kind of like go-getter like them as well what I have found is it, it wasn't in my nature to be that cheerleader support like I have my own thing going on too right. and I would love someone who can support me in that as well and usually those guys it was more about them so there's like a compat compatibility issue long term yeah. short term it might be super fiery you're talking business ideas and all yeah. that you're like oh we're gonna build an empire babe <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> and i think what's so interesting too is you know jackson is an entrepreneur and absolutely has the same drive and the same passion for his business as i have for mine um but there's just a di it's just different you know he's a creative mm -hmm. which i love about him and he, like the skills that he has are i can't even wrap my mind around because i i'm more strategic and in my head and you know my business is all online and i look at him and he's a hat maker and a woodworker and a photographer and the art that he creates to me is so stunning and it's so beautiful and i look and i go wow yeah we have such complementary not even skills, but just uh, perspectives. And he's incredibly supportive and proud of me in my business. And that's when I realized that the true power, the true definition of power couple is not about the outside shit, like the tech billionaire yacht on the Mediterranean, building an empire, whatever. Uh, it's about being in a relationship that truly allows you to be the best version of yourself. And I think that was the thing I realized with Jackson is for the first time, in a relationship, I could be 1000% who I am. And the more I stood in that, the more he loved me, the more proud of like, it, it was like, we were both going for the same thing, you know, and vice versa. Whereas in previous relationships, like I said before, it was always that like, oh, I'm going to just downplay myself just a little bit to make them feel okay. Or I'm going to be like, no, fuck that. I'm going to stand in my power. Blah, 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 and I don't care about you. And it was the other way. And for the first time, finding someone who was like you said not only supportive of it but loved that side of me and i don't think 
I don't think it's a coincidence that my business really started taking off and I met my forever person around the same time because I think they're, they, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, it's all, it's all connected, you know, and I think him giving me permission to be 100% me and me feeling like I didn't have to edit or change myself or downplay myself in any way really did such amazing things in my business as well. And that to me was like, oh, now I get it. Like that's what a power couple is. Oh, I love that. The first year that you were dating, would you say that it was ever difficult? Yeah. I think I think it was it was difficult in in an interesting way. I think it was difficult because we weren't on the same page in terms of what we wanted or at least you know him wanting to be in a relationship and me kind of being like okay uh, and like leaning back a little bit and even when we were in a relationship I was still a little bit uncertain and and then kind of the flip side of that of him pulling away and then me being like okay okay uh and so it was difficult in that sense uh but I I do I do have to say that it's been the easiest relationship. Like it's it's don't get me wrong, it's it's definitely difficult and we have our moments. But it feels it feels really different. Like I remember having a really hard time with how chill he was in the beginning because I think I had always attracted fiery relationships where I almost had equated fighting with love like I had gotten those things confused in my mind where it's like well if we're fighting then it means like there's passion and we really love each other and that's totally normal and with Jackson like we definitely obviously have disagreements but for the most part it actually feels really easeful and it flows and you know even when he proposed I think I I had always been so afraid and avoidant of this idea of marriage you know, maybe it's because my parents divorced when I was young. Maybe it's because I hadn't really had a, a really healthy relationship prior to this. Who knows? But when he asked, I think in my head, I thought I would be terrified, but it was actually the most easy decision ever. Mm -hmm. And that to me, I was like, oh, funny how I was so avoidant of it before mm -hmm. it even happened. So much so that I would say to him, like, babe, I don't care if we get married. I don't really need to get married. It's not a big thing for me. And it really isn't. But as soon as that moment happened, it was such an easy yes that I'm like, oh, that feels really natural and good. And it wasn't overly dramatic and it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, oh my God, like in the movies, it was just like a very easy yes. And so although there's been difficult times, something about it made it e easy to keep moving forward. And I think that's just because it was, it was right. And every relationship is different, but that's how it felt for me. How did he propose? So he did good. He proposed in a hot air balloon over Cappadocia, Turkey. Yes. So I know, right? Can I, can I tell you? I'm sorry to interrupt because no, I saw you guys were in, going to Turkey and he had posted some stuff. And I had an intuition and I just sent him a DM. I'm like, that looks like a great place to get engaged. And he told me before, he's like, it's happening in a few days. <laughs> and I kept looking out for the photo. <laughs> like, when is she going to post it? Yeah. It's, oh, man. He did. Well, not only did he do good planning it, but he 
I don't know how he kept that secret from me. Every single one of my friends knew, my family knew. It was like, I don't know how he managed to not, I, you know, like it was, it was great. But I was so surprised. And I have to say, like, he, he's such a curator of beautiful, like, he's just got this. It's like everything he does is beautiful. And I love that about him. Uh, and so it, it's no surprise that our proposal was literally in the most picturesque place. Uh, and I was completely surprised. I had it. I did have a bit of an intuition about it a few days before because everyone's like, did you know? I'm like, well, no. But about three days before I kind of woke up in the middle of the night, clear as day, like, oh, shit, I think he's going to propose. And then I talked myself out of it. No, no, no. I would know he wouldn't be able to like hide that from me. And then sure enough, when it happened, um, it was just such a beautiful moment. And yeah, it like just absolutely stunning. It was gorgeous. In the hot air balloon, was it just the two of you? We were with some friends. Okay. So again, I should have I should have seen it coming. The day before, my friend says to me, oh, um, we got a private hot air balloon for tomorrow just so that we don't have to like wait in line and like deal with crowds and stuff. And that is something my friends would do. So I'm like, OK, cool. And then so we were with them and they 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 got it on video and oh, and which cute. is great. It's so amazing having that memory. But classic Alex and Jackson. He doesn't say a word. He didn't say anything. His proposal was literally <laughs> zero <laughs> words. So we're in the balloon and I'm looking out over the view and I'm just like in a trance because I mean, it's just gorgeous. Right. And he taps me on my back and he's like, can you hold this? And as a photographer, you're a photographer, you know, you're always changing lenses. I thought he was going to ask me to hold a lens because that's just so normal. Like he's changing a lens. Uh, Alex, hold this lens. And so I turn around and he's down on one knee in this little hot air balloon and he's holding this box, but it's closed. It's literally just like a closed <laughs> box. And I look at it and I'm immediately like my face. I was like shocked. And then he's like shaking and he opens it and he just he's just looking at me with a smile on his face. He doesn't oh say a word. God. And then I'm like are you fucking serious? That was the first thing out of my mouth. And then I go, uh, yes. And he still hadn't said anything. And then I'm like, babe, put it on my finger. I'm like micromanaging the moment. Um, anyway, it was just so funny. And then it was after the fact that I'm like, wait a second. You didn't even ask me. I'm like, you need to ask me. So in the hotel room when we were away from people and in our special moment, I was like, all right, what were you going to say? Get down on one knee now. And I made him propose to me again because I wanted to hear what he had to say. And so I joke now. I'm like, babe, your vows better be pretty good considering <laughs> your proposal had zero words altogether. <laughs> but yeah, it was so us. Just he's a man of few words and, you know, but like always, always speaks and communicates from the heart, but a man of few words for sure. That's so cute. I can totally picture him just not saying anything. It's so sweet, though. Yes. Yeah, it's, that is so sweet. And he and he had been married before. And so in my mind, you know, he knew that he knew that it's not he, it's not that I don't believe in marriage or that did it. I didn't. It just I never was that girl who was dreaming about her wedding day, you know, for whatever reason. However, we want to psychoanalyze that. But um, to me, it like we were together. We had committed to spending our lives together. We lived together. Uh, you know, that for me felt like enough. But. Uh, and he had been married before. And so in my mind, it was like, that's cool. We might not ever get married. And I'm okay with that. But then now that we are engaged, it really does 
it like unlocks a secret level you know you're like oh my gosh this feels really different and it's fun and I'm excited and yeah so I was totally surprised and yeah do any fears still come up I think like anyone you know like fears of messing it up fears of what if it's not right what if I'm, I mean all the normal stuff yeah. you know but when I look back at like us and how we've navigated things and how openly we communicate there's this there's this feeling of safety when you're like okay yeah it's not going to be perfect all the time and yeah shit's going to come up but what I've always loved the most about him is his willingness and openness to investigate reasons why things are coming up, you know, to do the work, to do the work and not just point fingers. And like I said, you know, we definitely have our moments, but it's this feeling of like, no matter what, I really feel like we can get through it together. And, the, and honestly, this is the first time I've been in a relationship where like, finally, I know what it feels like to be a team, you know, where I think before I was always so fiercely independent and the people I dated were always so fiercely independent that it there never felt it never felt like there was a we. You know, it was always like, I'm going to do this. Do you want to come? Or I want this. Is that what you want? It was never like we're making decisions together. It was always very, very, we were, you know, very independent. And then I've been in relationships before that felt very codependent. And so it's kind of like finding that sweet balance of, oh, wait, we can both totally be our own people, but we're actually a team and we make decisions together. And it's it's the first time I'm in a relationship where I have that. And it it's it's awesome. And it, it feels great. Great. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's what this is like. OK. Yeah, that's a learning curve for independent people, for sure. Mm -hmm. On the curve right here. Or we were talking yeah. about our dogs, and I was like, my dog. I was like, I mean, our dog. Our dog. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's because I've been, like, independent for so long, and I was single for a long time, too. Or in relationships where I was super independent. Yeah. It was a huge learning curve for me to learn, to stop resisting and do things as yeah. a team. Yeah. So for women who are similar to you, if you could give them a piece of advice, if they're having trouble dating right now, what piece of advice would you give them? Mm. Honestly, I think it would be trust that, trust that that person's out there. I think it's sort of like, I don't know if you've ever heard anyone, like any of your guests say this, but oftentimes it feels like, you're searching, 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 searching for someone, and then you find them, and you're like, "God, why was I, why was I like so desperate about searching for someone? Like I should have just had more fun while I was single, you know?" And it's like trusting that it will that it will come, and really not being afraid to step into who you are unapologetically. Because for so long, I, like I said, I was trying to downplay or hide certain parts of myself, and as a result, was playing small in my business and in different areas and as soon as as soon as I just really fully accepted all of myself that's when someone who was able to match me and meet me at that place appeared um and then the other thing I'll say is don't don't write off the the relationship 
the relationships or the people you meet right away because they don't fit the mold of who you think you're going to end up with. Because I think sometimes the universe has a way of being like, yeah, 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 we know who you think you're going to be with, but that's not right. So will you just get over that already? Like, how about this guy over here? And you're like, oh. And so, you know, getting really clear on on who, uh, on what you need and what support you need to kind of feel your best and and paying attention to the things that really matter, I think is so important. That's awesome advice. Well, thank you so much for coming on. If people would like to send you a message or check out your work, where can I do that? Yeah, first of all, thank you so much. This was, this has been great. I usually talk about business, not often relationships, but I love these conversations. Uh, yeah, anyone can can follow me on Instagram. My personal Instagram is Alex Catoni. I also have my business Instagram, Copy Posse, and that's always the best place to reach me. Um, would love to hear from anyone. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings, and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.